Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SALT Talks. My name is John Darcy. I'm the Managing Director of SALT, which is a global thought leadership forum and networking platform at the intersection of finance, technology, and public policy. SALT Talks are a digital interview series with leading investors, creators, and thinkers. And our goal on SALT Talks is really the same goal we have at our SALT conferences, which is to provide a window into the mind of subject matter experts, as well as provide a platform for what we think are big ideas that are shaping the future. And we're very excited today to, to welcome you to a different type of SALT Talk than anything we've done so far uh, with two of the leading social media influencers, particularly on TikTok. And those are Josh Richards and Griffin Johnson. And I'll read you a little bit of background about each of these young men right now. Uh, Talent X is Vice President of Talent. Josh Richards is a business-orientated, talented, uh, charming personality who has swooned his mass of followers. I'm going to blame Michael Gruen for writing up this, uh, this bio here, Josh. But as a member of the sport, Josh collaborates with all the best personalities in the game, continually growing his highly engaged audience. Josh has spoken on several panels, including the Consumer Electronics Show about climate change, and wants to use his platform to keep entertaining, educating, and inspiring his audience. Uh, Griffin Johnson started his social media career while in nursing school, going viral for his TikToks in Scrubs. After moving to LA into the Sway House, Griffin has grown his uh, following by collaborating with some of the top TikTokers and other digital media creators and influencers. On top of that, Griffin's YouTube activity and following has been rising at an exponential rate. Uh, Griffin's passion for acting and modeling has also led him to pursue his many talents outside of social media. Griffin's known as the most down-to-earth and relatable Sway member by his legion of fans. And hosting today's Salt Talk is somebody who knows absolutely nothing about TikTok, but hopefully can learn something today, and maybe we can get Anthony on TikTok, and you guys can help him get a few followers. As Anthony Scaramucci, the founder and managing partner of Skybridge Capital, a global alternative investment firm. Anthony's also the chairman of Salt, and with that, I'm going to throw Anthony into the ring here for the interview. All right, first off, Dorsey, do you know anything about TikTok? You know, to be honest with you, I, I feel like really old talking to these guys as well because I don't really know that much about TikTok All either. Right, I see that. I mean, Griffin, I just called him out of that. I, I don't know anything about TikTok because <laughs> I'm 457 years old. I recently got closer to, to your race. Does he know anything about TikTok? He knows Ugats about TikTok. Okay? Ugats. I'll let, you, I'll let you look up what Ugats means. Okay, so let's, let's go to you first, Griffin, before I get into the more – technical questions. Why are you the most down to earth? And Josh, are you not down to earth? I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> Answer why you're down to earth. And Josh, you tell me why you're not down to earth. Okay. All right. Um, I would, I would start off by saying, uh, sway by the way, if I'm impressed with the two of you guys, when this is over, I'm going to make my haircut look like the two of your haircuts. Okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right. Deal. All right. It's going to look like a, it's going to look like a swifter married a mop and gave birth to your haircut. Okay. Go ahead, Griffin. Let me All hear. Right. Um, I would say, for the most part, our, the uh, our entire group is pretty down to earth. But uh, I think that just me being relatable. Uh, I'm still in college. I'm a senior uh, this year. I got one semester left. Um, and just having that aspect, as far and then on top of that, I'm from small town. Um, so where are you Paris, going to college? Uh, Indiana State. Okay. And um, so you're doing, doing that remotely because of COVID. So you're in LA and you're doing that remotely because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing that all remote. And, um, you know, so I feel like that's one big aspect of it. And then another thing is just my, my roots, uh, 
small town. It's called Paris, Illinois. Uh, I think like 6,000 people. Um, so just having that background is uh, on top of my schooling still. And, um, I would say just as a whole, I'm pretty goofy and keep my content, um, you know, pretty un unfiltered and unedited. So I would say you, that's, so you're a down to earth, uh, small town, Midwestern kid that's living in a sway house. You have to tell me what the hell a sway house is in a second, but yeah. a sway house in, uh, in LA. Uh, and what about you, Josh? Are you down to earth? Are you floating in the I sky? Mean, what's your what's your what's your deal? I, I guess from what Michael wrote, I guess I'm not a down to earth guy. I guess he he decided for me. Um, no, I uh, I feel like I, I I would say that I'm down to earth. It's kind of weird to say that about yourself, but it, I had the same story as Griff, just from a different place. Like I'm from a small town. Um, it, it's like a ten thousand person town outside of Canada, so Canadians usually are pretty nice people, I'd say. Um, but, <laughs> what town yeah, are you from in Canada? What town are you from? Uh, outside Toronto, it's the small town called uh, Coburg. Okay. And so, yeah. okay, yeah, now listen, I, I love Canadians. I think, I, you know, sometimes I, I thought during the Trump campaign, I thought maybe I was moving to Canada. Maybe you were going to write my, right. my visa <laughs> recommendation. So, <laughs> so let, me, let me ask you both this, okay, because it's interesting. I think it's a learning lesson for everybody that listens to these salt talks. You're from small towns, but you're making a very big dent in the universe, both of you. Congratulations to both of you on everything that you're doing. Thank you. And so you. if you were talking to kids of your you know, peer group in your age group, but even older people, uh, there's something that the two of you guys are doing uh, that is transforming. It's a breakthrough thing that you're both doing. Let's start with Josh. What is it that compelled you to do what you're doing? And... Uh, and first thing I'll ask you, are you living your dreams, Josh? Yes or no? Oh, 100% yes. Okay, so what tells yes. you then, on the arc that you're on right now? Yeah, I mean, it all started back when I was like 14 years old. Um, my sister put me in a video on social media. It did really well on her account. I saw the engagement. I saw the comments and I was like, this is interesting. Let me make an account of my own. And I was always a kid that was business minded. Everything that I did that I enjoyed, I turned it into a business. If it was me playing hockey, I made a hockey shirt company. If it was when I played lacrosse, I made a lacrosse company where I was stringing sticks and selling mesh. So when I first hopped on social media, I instantly tried to like growth hack it. I had my sister doing follows and unfollows. I had her going direct to the consumer, to the like top spending, uh, top spending uh, users on the app. So she was like getting in contact with all of them. They would come to my streams and I was always just wanting to turn social media into a business or into a company. And then that's now what I've been able to do over the last four years. Okay. Griff, go ahead. Griffin, tell me what, what, and first of all, congratulations, Josh. So go ahead, Griffin. What was your breakthrough you. moment? What was your revelation? How'd you end up in the sway house? Uh, so, um, you know, I, I kind of have a similar thing being in nursing school. Um, you know, there was, there was some people in my classes that had taken videos of me and my, and my scrubs and they would, they were doing well. I was an anti-social media guy. I really only, I, I think I only had an Instagram, uh, three years ago. So, uh, I was gaining followers on there like a thousand a week and I was confused how, um, figured out it was from TikTok. Um, and then 
I saw a girl in my class going live and making money from donations. So at that point I was hooked. Uh, and then once I started, I got a lot of negative feedback from the people at my school. And I've always just been a guy that likes to prove people wrong. And once they started giving me, uh, you know, a bunch of shit, I, I had to keep going. Um, so that was like my first driving factor. And then as, as I was going, well, just, just so you know, the shit never stops. Okay. Just so you know, okay? never, the more never. successful you are, the bigger, the avalanche, shit. you know that, right? Yeah. Always. And, and the truth of the matter is you can't give a shit. Okay. But let's keep going. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I like, I like that an avalanche of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once I got uh, deeper into it and besides, besides the money, um, I've always just had a really strong passion for, for helping and, and educating, uh, why I was going to nursing to, to help people. And I saw how many people I could, uh, touch and affect at a single moment. And I didn't, I didn't have a clear image of where I wanted to go, but I knew that there was something powerful. So, uh, I just, I just kept doing it. All right. So, I mean, so, I mean, this is fantastic stuff. Over the weekend, you guys banged me up for five grand. Okay. So I want you to tell the salt viewers what happened, what <laughs> you did, how successful it was, uh, because yeah. you talked about helping people and, you know, you two guys have a prolific career going, but you are also helping people. So go ahead. Tell me what happened. Yeah. I, um, so over this past weekend, uh, I'm involved, I'm involved a lot with Barstool. I have a podcast with them. So I work closely with them and they are doing a fund right now where it is a COVID-19 small business relief fund. Uh, our goal, Griffin and Who I- are they giving the money to, Josh? It's a small business. It's a small business. Yeah, it's a small COVID business. Who are they giving the money to? So they're giving the money to uh, small businesses, the owners in like New York. I've seen it uh, in Texas, just big cities where uh, the government isn't stepping in to help out or be able to give money to these uh, small business owners. So he's helping out all these families. And uh, our goal this this past weekend was to raise, I believe it was 100K is what we set out to do. Right? 100K, yeah. 100K. We wanted to see if we could, yeah raise a hundred K in, in 48 hours. So we went on Twitter and with our mass following, we just started hitting up people. We knew uh, people were connected to, or Michael helped us like with you um, and just started. Oh, no, it, was a, it was a fabulously guilting thing that you did. Oh yeah. Me. I'm sitting there. <laughs> I'm relaxing on my sofa. All of a sudden this like obsequious, overly flattering thing comes at me at Twitter and tells me how great I am. And then I had to read the fine thing and said, <laughs> you better give five grand, otherwise you're gonna embarrass yourself. So of course I gave the five grand, uh, but, but in, all, in, all, in all seriousness, it's a phenomenal cause. And I appreciate greatly the two of you getting behind it. So Griffin, what happened in the ensuing time? Did you just use Twitter? Did you use Instagram? Did you use your other platforms or you just use Twitter to make this happen? Um, we primarily use Twitter and obviously texted as well to people we knew, but Twitter is the best because I feel like it's first off the most business oriented platform. And second off the verified mentions help because notifications, you can just filter, um, if you're verified, uh, other verified creators or people on there that, uh, mention you. So that made it easier. Uh, second off the reason why we kind of did that is, um, we like to use our presence and, and eyeballs to, 
you know, put people on a platform and it, it's not about the pressure. It's more about for fun, but it does put pressure on people. They're like, Oh shit. You know, thousands and thousands of people are seeing oh, no, this. Come on. I, I, come on. I was just teasing. I, I couldn't be happier to give the money. Yeah. I think, I think the, the point being is that what I'm trying to explain to salt talk listeners is that you guys have a creative genius about you. Congratulations. And you're putting it to use for a force of good. And so that $200,000 is now going to go to people that are suffering during a time of COVID where they can't get their businesses open or they've lost traffic and volume as a result of those businesses. And uh, you got to feel pretty good about that, right? So what did you end up raising, 200? Uh, yeah, I think, I think a little over, a little over 200 now. All right, well, let me, let me go to you for a second, Josh. How do you maintain and drive new fan engagement? Yeah, so that's actually something that me and Griff talk about a lot, especially lately. It's it's always just staying either ahead of a trend or knowing how to pivot. So for me personally, I I pivoted my career a lot or changed my image so that it stays fresh in people's head. I'm like growing up along with them. So for example, when I was younger, 14, 15, 16, I was posting content that was a lot more child friendly because people were following me that was the same age as me and younger. And then when I hit 17, I went on tour with Griffin. We started posting a little bit more of the edgy content, more posting really who we are. And then this past six months, eight months, it was another transition almost into a showing more depth, right? Like showing more depth of who I am. There's the business side. There's me going and doing a podcast with a bar stool. There's the TikTok, there's the YouTube. It's not just one social media platform now. It's like now you really get to see who Josh is on a person aspect than just a social media influencer. So it's just always pivoting and keeping things interesting. All right. So Griffin, the New York City mayoral candidate, Andrew Yang, he's a personal friend of mine. I've done his podcast. He recently said that we need to attract artists, collectives like TikTok houses in New York City to reinvigorate the economy. What do you what do you think of that? You like that idea? I think it's interesting, um, you know, and, and, and we've been speaking about, you know, moving to Miami and uh, the mayor is, you know, ecstatic. And he, he actually uh, responded to a tweet that uh, was put out a couple a couple of weeks ago now. Um, when I lost a, a bag in, in, in an Uber, uh, the, the founder of YouTube, Chad Hurley tweeted out and said, Hey, like maybe if you help them, uh, get this bag back from the Uber, they'll move. Um, so I think that's interesting that, uh, he said that because it, he, he's not the first it's, it's becoming a trend as people see how much traction that these houses are bringing, especially in the, you know, the Gen Z, um, it's just, I think that there is a power behind it. I think that you have to find the right people to harness the power um, because there's been a lot of houses, but not very many that are successful just due to character or lack of work ethic. And um, I think, I, I think there is value there. You just have to be very um, strategic with who's in the house. And there's a lot of variables that go into it. I'm going to jump in for a second as the, uh, as the millennial on the, Salt Talks podcast, but not someone who's very familiar with TikTok. I want to ask this question on behalf of people my age and older, perhaps, but what's the unique appeal of TikTok for younger people relative to other 
social networks? Is it just the fact that it's new, uh, you know, requires a shorter attention span than some of the other outlets and there'll be another TikTok that comes after it um, that'll be the new hot app for young people? And what separates, and we'll start with Josh on this one, what separates you guys and the success you've been able to build relative to every other person in the world who wants to be a social media influencer? How'd you do it? Yeah, so for me, how I think, I guess what I went about that was differently than most people on social media was I was analytically studying the algorithm. Like every single day I was writing down notes of like this many comments and this many likes and this many shares is what's needed for a video to go viral. So how do I maintain those likes, comment and shares or how do I engage my com or how do I engage my fans to comment more? So originally when I found out the algorithm on TikTok was mainly shares and comments, that's what boosted your videos. That's what got your videos going viral. I started thinking to myself, all right, now the, the problem I need to solve is what is the video that's going to get the most comment and shares? And what came to my mind was tutorial videos, right? If you're doing a video and you're teaching someone something, one, they're going to comment about it because they're either going to ask for more questions about like how to do it. They're going to say, you know, thanks for showing me this. They're going to ask for a part two. And then as well, they're going to click that video and save it into their, their, their video bank, right? Because they want to go back to that tutorial later because they want to learn how to do that or they want to know how to do that trick or tip they're not going to know it from one time watching it. They're going to watch it multiple times, giving it more views. So it was, it was just strategically learning the algorithm and knowing how to play with it. Right. And Griffin, what, what type of content do you post on TikTok that gets the most engagement? Um, I mean, when I first started, it was obviously my nursing stuff. And then as I, I, I went to online and pivoted out of that, it was a lot of it was, collabing. Um, those always do better just having, uh, two people to do a video together and the friendship. And I think it's more of like the friendship and the connection and the chemistry. So that's one part. And then for my personal videos, um, I I do a lot of like inside jokes on the app uh, between myself or other creators. And, uh, that's definitely my most successful videos is, uh, going on there and, and making jokes or having fun with other people and myself. All right. So I'm going to ask Josh one more question before I let the old man come back in and ask his ignorant questions. But uh, Josh, I know you're focused. You talked about evolving your persona uh, and I know you're focused on investing as well as some of the other things you're doing with Barstool and elsewhere. How did you become interested in investing? It seems like a lot of young people, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic, maybe it's due to boredom or, or whatever it may be, have gotten really interested in trading and investing. So what areas uh, of investing are you most interested in and, and how have you sort of fostered that interest in trading? Yeah. Um, so for me, it all started about four, four to five months ago doing just angel investing. But one, I was talking to Michael, my business partner, and trying to find out what is, what is the best thing I can do with my money, right? I'm a young kid. I'm making money right now. Most youth like get when they get money and they're young they just spend it right away right like you see that in young stars or young athletes they get this big check and they spend it all so 
I was asking, what do I do that's smart with my money? How do I, I, it's just sitting in my bank account. That's I'm technically losing money by just sitting in my bank account, right. With inflation and everything. And so we got into the conversation of let's get into angel investing and it was such a perfect fit. And I enjoyed it so much just because I had been on the opposite end. I'd been the founder before, like with my energy drink, we did this year, Annie Energy. Uh, I did those calls where we were going around and trying to raise capital. I, I did the founders meetings, like, and it's cool to be on the other side. It's such a great experience to get to watch these founders, see their mistakes, learn from their mistakes. So I know how to be a better founder. And then as well, see their successes and learn from those. So that's just why I've enjoyed it so much. You know, the guy's calling my questions ignorant, but he's dressed like Marty McFly's father from back in the day. <laughs> 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 dress cool for the TikTok kids. I didn't want them to make fun of me if I wore like a... Seriously, you, know, you look like you went to a 1950s thrift store. It's got, I got dinosaurs. <laughs> it was in the nuke town and, they, and you bought that thing. It's probably irradiating you. Okay, so... <laughs> <New Griffin. laughs> Where, where do we go from here? Where is Griffin Johnson in five years? Uh, it's funny. I just had a, a, a talk before this about that. Um, so for me, I have a strong passion for hosting. Um, so I'm currently building that out and as well as investing and uh, working on building my own companies. So that mesh, uh, keeping myself relevant in the media and, and, and pivoting to the mainstream with hosting is one side and then uh, continuing to invest in, um, you know, so when you build, say build out. I mean, host something on YouTube, host Jeopardy. on a Jeopardy tele- needs a host. <laughs> group. Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, I would do Jeopardy. Honestly, that would, I think that would be a lot of fun. But um, for me, when I say hosting, it's uh, just starting where I am now. Uh, I, I'm, in, I'm involved in working on uh, hosting and gaming and streaming. So tournaments and um, things and in doing commentary on those. And then also I'm working on building out my own uh, YouTube series right now um, where it's more like a ridiculousness style, uh, funny uh, viral clips. So it fits my brand and my understanding of, of the internet and then also building out my hosting portfolio. What about you, Josh? Yeah, in five years, uh, I hope to be still involved in the entertainment space. I want to pivot my career a little bit more into the sports world get more involved in that college demographic. That's why I decided or why I wanted to do that podcast with Dave Portnoy um, and do BFFs. So uh, definitely there for the entertainment and then continuing to grow out my brand, my brands and companies. Uh, I, I love being a founder. I want to continue to do that. I want to found companies and then be, be an angel investor. That's something I see myself doing until, until I die. So do you plan on going to college? I know, uh, Griffin, you're finishing up nursing school, and I don't know if you have any plans to do any nursing, but, Josh, is it something where you feel like you already have your path in life, you don't need college, or you plan on going? I feel like I already have my path, uh, to be honest. I think that the college route is awesome, but it's not awesome for everyone, and I think that as time has you know, like evolved and where we are now in our generation, I think that it's just not the route for everyone as well. I think that there's definitely other, other routes to go like the one I, I went on and uh, be very successful and very educated, but just not have gone to college. Yeah. What types of companies as an angel are you most interested in? Is it something that you are interested in investing in addressing climate change, 
you're investing in digital currencies, you're investing in in other uh, tech type of companies, or what what most interests you, Josh? And then we'll go to Griffin. Yeah, so I think for us, we try to look at where we're most strategic as being, you know, social media creators and people with such a large following and almost an instant customer like base, right? Uh, we, we look a lot at like the CPG products because we know we can do so much for them, right? We, we know that we can go in there, we can invest, but then also acquire advisory shares so that we're already right off the bat getting more for our dollar. And with our, with our following, with our social media platforms, we can promote that product. We can get press for that product. We can move it off the shelf. We can do a meet and greet uh, post-COVID. We can do a meet and greet in, in the actual store where they're selling it. We can always find ways to get that product off the shelf so well. So I think that's where we try to be as often as we can. Griffin, in addition yeah. to your media companies, what type of stuff interests you? Yeah, so, you know, Josh kind of uh, gave the lowdown more on um, our strategy right now. And uh, we definitely do uh, put a lot of money and in, in time into uh, companies that we can directly influence with our following. Um, but for for like my own interest, I'm, I'm, I'm big into, um, you know, biotech and um, that kind of space. I want to I want to work with um, medicine and, uh, develop like development of equipment for, um, you know, medical purpose. So that's one Avenue. And then also, um, you know, I, I really like getting into, um, you know, FinTech and, uh, building out the future. So for me, that's, that's my two go-tos. Love it. And Griffin, I want to ask you a question about politics again, before I turn it back over to Anthony. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I sort of had an aha moment when, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was on Twitch, and she's, she's on basically all the social media outlets. And she had this massive audience where she was playing a video game while also commenting on the, the lawmaking process. And she was sort of pulling back the curtain behind a lot of uh, the political world that young people aren't accustomed to hearing people communicate in that way or on those platforms. I just thought about when people like you and Josh or at the age when you could be politically active, not just voting, but potentially running for office, how the world would change. How do you think when your generation you know, becomes more powerful in society, how do you think it's going to just change the way we go about the political process and, and the agenda that we pursue? You know, I think it's even bigger than just politics itself. I, I preach a lot on, on my platforms about how people are so influenced by what they see on social media that they don't take the time to digest information and think for themselves. Um, because it's very easy to see a problem, um, you know, on, on TV or see something about an article on, on the internet about what's going on and then immediately just hopping on Facebook or whatever to see what other people are saying and then just hopping in and agreeing and, and, and basing your opinions off of, you know, one side of a story or just what someone else shows you or someone else, what someone else says. Um, and I think it extends way further on to politics. And I think it's very, um, it's kind of scary for, you know, how we're, how we're developing and moving forward um, with this, you know, new generation. I, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Anthony. But, but, I, but I just want to, I'm going to ask you guys a couple of quick rapid fire questions. So sort of yes or no. So right. the social media that you guys are prolific on, will that be, a big time in play in politics in the future, yes or no? 
Yes, I think so. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I agree. I agree with that, yeah. Um, what What is, if you think about, and again, short answer, there's something that you would want to impart on your parents' generation or your grandparents' generation about the world you're living in. What is that? Josh, you want to go ahead first? Yeah, I think that I'm going to go back to what I was talking about a little bit is that there are so many more routes than just the original go to college nine to five, have a family, be in debt, pay off mortgage, pay off student loans, and that you got to be accepting and supporting of your kids' dreams. That's what I would say. Yeah, I I think that's that's a great message. And another thing that I would want to say is, um, you know, making sure that uh, I see a lot of people complain because the internet has, um, you know, brings on a lot of new problems that my parents didn't face or my grandparents as far as like mental health and those kinds of issues go. So I would just, um, you know, as a parent, try my best to understand what the kind of like cyberbullying or whatever goes on um, and just recognizing that and understanding that the world's a lot more um, advanced than what it was, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And how do you deal with cyberbullying? It's a good one. Um, you know, I have pretty thick skin, um, but there's always times that uh, it can get to you. But for the most part, either A, just ignore it, or, you know, B, you can try to, like, not necessarily confront because it doesn't get you anywhere, but um, you can you can ask them another question, and I've done this before. It's like uh, someone could say, like, yo, your hair looks like a Q-tip, and it'd be like, all right, well, okay, well, uh, why do you think that is? And, and you just got to realize like that a lot of those people are just saying it because either a attention and, or B cause they're insecure about themselves. So you just got to kind of understand that and roll with it. Oh, you know, Twitter attacks and all these types of attacks on in cyberspace is a, you know, form of weakness and insecurity for the person obviously attacking, you know, uh, okay. one of the best, lines that I've lived by my whole life, which got me through a lot of difficult situations, including getting my ass fired from the White House. Uh, number one, what other people think of you, none of your business. So get it out of your head. So whatever right. anybody else thinks of you, it's absolutely none of your business. Live your own life. And number two, anybody that's denigrating or criticizing you, uh, they're not spending enough time on themselves. Successful people don't have time for that nonsense. I, I guarantee you guys are not sitting on the internet. You're so busy and so successful. You're not sitting on the internet looking to troll somebody that you think <laughs> good looking or doing better than you or some kind of that nonsense. You know what I mean? Am I wrong? No, you're, no, you're no, correct. You're How much time are you guys spending cyberbullying? I mean, I, I have to bully <laughs> Trump. I mean, he's off Twitter now, so it's harder to bully him. You know what I mean? Only right. because, you know, he's hitting everybody out. So you need New Yorker to give him a few pops. You know what I mean? But other than him, I don't really focus on anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. that uh, besides like besides calling Griffin a, a Q-tip, I don't really say much. Like besides just commenting that Griffin's hair be looking right like a Q-tip all the just, time. I don't even say. <laughs> hey Griff, I'm going to leave you with one thought though. I'm just hoping your hair is the only thing that looks like a Q-tip. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm just hoping. I'm open and playing. Okay. <laughs> Let me throw it back to you. Okay. Because, you know, Darcy's 107, I'm 205 years old. 
So you ask a few questions. Go ahead. I mean, maybe I know something about life at this point. Possible. Maybe not. Don't don't <laughs> ask uh, Anthony, uh, you know, how you grow up because he absolutely has not. Just FYI. <laughs> no. Okay. My answer, don't fucking grow up. Okay, go to the next one. I have a, I have a question. Um, so why do you think it is that a lot of the traditional Hollywood and traditional investors and, and entrepreneurs um, f- fail to either get these social media um, creators involved or like are just uneducated on w- and what's happening? And, and, and what do you think stopping? Is it stubbornness and they, they do know or is it they just don't care to get educated? So you guys should look at or Google early adoption curves, curves, early adoption curves, and you should look at the psychology of early adoption. So when the horseless buggy was created, also known as a car, people thought it was ridiculous. You know, they had their horse, they had their carriage, and they saw this little thing motoring by them. And they're like, okay, that is ridiculous. So there was a group of people that got on it in the beginning, and then there was a lagging effect and then there were more people mainstreaming it. And then there were late adapters, right? But those first people, they looked to the other people weird, right? I can tell you that forever. The talkies, you guys are living in Hollywood. Okay, when Cary Grant, who was a very famous actor in the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, before his retirement, you know, he was an A-level actor, the George Clooney of his time. Uh, When he left vaudeville, which was sort of this like stage performance and silliness, to move to Hollywood. Why did he move to Hollywood? Because they were doing something called the talkies. The talkies were talking in a motion picture. Prior to that, there were silent movies and people said talkies. That's a fad. That's never going to catch on. No one's ever going to talk in a, uh, in a movie. Okay. That'll be just an overblown fad. And so the, the point being, no matter what period of time that you're in, because people are sort of habitual and people do not like change, They don't like accepting that the world is moving underneath their feet. I'll tell you guys a story. If this guy ever watches the salt talk, he'll get super mad at me. I have an (laughs) 85-year-old friend who will not go on email. Okay, so I send him an email. His assistant calls him on a phone from like the 1930s, like Alf used the phone in 1990. (laughs) It's on the phone and she reads him the email. And then he says, okay, write back to Scaramucci the following. And then she types it out for him and sends it to him. He's 85 years old. There are other 85-year-old people that are on TikTok. You guys know that. But the yeah. thing is that there are three or four things that are happening psychologically and sociologically is I made my money this way. I'm old-fashioned. I'm not moving, right? Warren Buffett's 90 years old. He's one of the most successful investors in the world. He thinks Bitcoin's rat poisoning. Then you got Bill Miller, who's 70 years old. He's 20 years younger than Warren Buffett. He's saying, well, Bitcoin may be rat poisoning, but the rat poison may be killing the rat, maybe the fiat currency, maybe the dollar. My point being is that this is where the opportunity is for you guys, is that the world is changing and you're never going to get everybody, but you will be able to open the eyes to early adapters or who people that want to experiment. But I'll say something back to you about generational awareness. Okay, And I always say this to my son, Anthony. There are things from me that you can learn. Sometimes each generation poo-poos the other generation. Like I said, ah, shit, I can't learn anything from Griffin and Josh. They're too young and they don't know anything. And the flip side, Griffin and Josh are saying, well, I can't learn anything from Anthony. 
Because, you know, he's an old fogey. He's missed TikTok. He doesn't even have to log on to TikTok, right? <laughs> but, you know, Marty McFly's father, a.k.a. John Dorsey, had to, like, let me, you know, he had to open up that kimono on me, right? But my right. point is, some of that is true, but there's a lot of that false, where we can learn from each other. Like, you can actually teach me where the future is going, but I may be able to give you some perspective from the past so that you don't have, you avoid making some mistakes that, that are uh, – someone from with life experience may have made that mistake and they're just trying to guide you not to. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, it's, I wanted to bring you guys on is that synergy. There's a bridge between us. So we got to learn from each other to make the society better. Yeah. I think there's a real power there. Um, and a lot of the people that I've met that are, you know, older and successful already, and they're willing to open up. Um, not only does it mean a lot to me and I'm, and I'm sure it does to Josh, but I think that's where the real power is moving forward. I got a project for Michael Groen. I know he's watching this salt talk. I want Griffin Johnson to, to be a guest host on Jeopardy. I just, I had this aha moment. They have Aaron Rodgers is guest hosting an episode of Jeopardy. Ken Jennings guest hosted Alex Trebek obviously passed away. <laughs> but I think it would be awesome. And it would draw in an entire new audience for one of my favorite shows, Jeopardy if we had Griffin Johnson hosting Jeopardy. So, Michael, get on it. If you can do that, Michael Groen, he's got more hustle than almost anybody I've ever seen. So, if he can pull that one off, I'll be truly impressed. <laughs> I love it. I it's, love it's, it. It's the final well, test. You're putting a lot of pressure on him, but the kid is a good I kid. Am. Uh, were you with him at Steve Cohen's house Saturday night? Yeah, right? Yeah, we, we, we both were, yeah. He's a great guy, right? Yeah. New owner of the Mets. He's a very close personal friend of ours. Uh, I've known him forever. We've got money with him at Skybridge. He's an awesome guy. So what else, John Darcy, for these two young, very successful men? Do you guys like Bitcoin? What's the view of Bitcoin among your peer group? It seems like, you know, obviously it has this grassroots following among younger people. At Skybridge, we recently invested a couple hundred million dollars into it. Um, what are your guys' feelings on, on Bitcoin and digital assets, that whole space? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, we got Michael. So if you guys know about Michael, you know, he'd, he's already shoving Bitcoin down our throats every day. But uh, I think that I think that both of us from our conversations are super intrigued by it. Like it's been something I've watched probably since like the ninth or 10th grade. And I remember trying to get in and buy it when it was at like $400 or like $800, somewhere around that range. And my parents wouldn't let me because they were like, what the hell are you doing? Buying some internet currency, right? Yeah, it was like hard to no buy idea. Yeah. yeah. Back then, like that was like a while ago. So um, anyways, definitely I, I have some money being put into it every like once in a while. And uh, I, I think that it, it'll be big. Yeah. And just to build on that one thing, the reason I really like Bitcoin and this is what, you know, persuaded me to really get involved was, you know, there's, there's, there's around 21 million that are in existence, 19 something million that are out now. Um, so, and I think there's 45 something or 45 million, I think millionaires in the world or something around that. So first off, I mean, there's more, there's, there's not enough Bitcoin for the amount of money and the amount of, you know, powerful people. So there's that second off, you know, uh, you know, cash is deflating in, in value by 2% um, on average every year. So that doesn't help. And it's, it's ran and, and printed and controlled by humans, which is just flawed. Uh, as we all know, humans make mistakes and there's flaws. 
Um, so I just think, I don't know if Bitcoin is the necessary, like, I think it'll be one of the answers. I don't know, but there's definitely going to be a, uh, some kind of blockchain, um, you know, cryptocurrency that definitely takes over for cash, um, at some point. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Anthony, you have any more, uh, no. Wisdom you want to pull out of these young men before we let them go? What you guys are doing, you know, live, live in the moment and enjoy what you're doing. And I love the fact that you're both planning for the future. I didn't give you my whole stay off of. Uh, uh, stay off the sure. weed, Stephen. <laughs> well, I, I, you got to ask uh, Gruen. I did a uh, Bryce. Is that the kid's name? Bryce Hall or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did his podcast. I told him his peepee's going to look like this if he's money's my age, if he doesn't stop smoking pot. Okay. So that is, <laughs> is that is that a for real thing? Is that a real thing? One hundred percent. You want me to send, if you want me to send you the research and literature on it, I will. Okay, I sent it to my son. I sent it to Bryce. This is what happens to you, people. Don't forget that. Okay, I want <laughs> lasting visual for you. Every time you're trying to take a toke of a blunt, I want you to think of my finger looking like this. That's going to be you when you're my age. <laughs> you just you just you just wrecked my, my message night, man. For you too is if you want to be strong like bull. I'm 57 years young, no drugs. Okay, that's my message. You do what you want because you got a lot of peer pressure, but I want you to see that as visual, as a visual. Okay. I don't want. I, love I, don't, it. I don't like that. I don't. I don't. Don't like be that. shutting off my camera there. Okay. Don't be shutting <laughs> off. My I don't like it. it. Okay, I'm, I'm showing you a visual that I want impregnated in your brain forever. Okay. Next time you see, right, me, tell him, yeah, your father hey. got on. <laughs> and at the end of the big lecture, we go like this. My son start laughing, okay? All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Best of luck to you guys, okay? I hope I get a chance to meet you when I'm out in L.A. Good luck. I'll be following your careers. Thank you. Right, thank you very it much. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. It's a pleasure having you guys on. And I, I guarantee this is going to be like our most viewed salt talk by a, a factor of 10x. Uh, <laughs> global superstar. I hope of Griffin and Josh, but we got to have maybe Griffin. We'll have you on now that Josh has his podcast with Portnoy. Uh, we'll have you on as like a guest host on salt talk. So we'll, we'll see who gets better ratings, uh, BFF <laughs> or, or salt talks guest hosted by Griffin Johnson. So I think uh, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> we might be I, in I trouble. I don't want to hurt your guys' feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you guys to feel, feel bad. All right. But I'm already, I'm already feeling bad. There's nothing you can do to stop that feeling. Anthony's no, Anthony's no El Presidente, but but he tries, you know. But anyways, guys, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to We'll have you guys at one of our in-person conferences and have a little fun. We'll bring our age demographic down by about, I don't know, 60 years. It typically come to our salt <laughs> conference. So we'll look forward to that, uh, and I guess we'll let Gruen tag along as well. But thanks for joining us, and thank you oh, to yeah. everybody who tuned in to today's Salt Talk. We love uh, exposing new ideas to our audience Earlier this week, we had a conversation about psychedelics and their use in medical treatments. We talk about things like Bitcoin and digital assets and love exposing our uh, older demographic, if you will, to what's going on in the social media influencing space. So thanks, everybody who tuned in. Please follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We should probably get on TikTok and step up our game and get these young men to help us uh, grow, grow our following there. Um, and tell your friends about salt talks. You know, these are, these are conversations that we look to educate people on a variety of issues. We love growing our audience, uh, with different types of people. We've been able to do that in the pandemic through these salt talks, as opposed to focusing on our in-person conferences. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, but on behalf of the entire salt team, this is John Darcy signing off for today. We'll see you back here again soon on salt talks.